Hello everyone and happy December 31st and welcome to minute 130 of the Great Escape Minute, the daily podcast where we dig into the Great Escape one minute at a time. I'm Rob and joining me to close off the week and the year is Simon of the Movie Mustache. Welcome back, Simon. Thank you very much. Glad to be here. Yeah, we've, we've had a great discussion all week and yeah. we're going to continue it today with the, the end of this uh, final Minute of 2021. Minute 130 begins with uh, Mac and Roger looking for seats on the train and goes all the way to the point where we get to see how Sedgwick shows off his thievery skills, how <laughs> masterfully he does so. As we were discussing yesterday, the, the prisoners escape from the, the camp. They've The, the stragglers have finally uh, made it to the train station are getting ready to, to board the, the train. As soon as it gets there, the train shows up. They start to get on. And then we seem to have a slight problem for uh, Roger and Mac because they walk into the very crowded car, are looking around to try and figure out where they're going to sit down. So th- this, uh, you know, they 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 entered the, the the crowded car, and the first thing that Mac we see on his face is a little bit look of despair, as you mentioned yesterday, Simon. You know, anytime yeah. anyone gets on a train or a bus or something like that, and the first thing you do is look for an open seat, and you notice that everything has already been taken. So Roger then closes the door. He also looks around. He does a quick double take for the same reason, because he also is looking for where is there a seat. Then we get a shot of two German officers. One of them is looking out the window as watching things go by, and the other one has his arms folded across his, across his chest. He seems to be dozing off, you know, trying to rest wherever he's supposed to be you know, traveling to. Then the, the shot then pans to the side, and we get to see that he actually is, has his boots on the seat across from him. You know, something that, that, once again, I'm sure we all do not like when you get on a train or a, a bus where, you know, someone has their bag or their feet or something, you know, on the seat across from, from where you want to sit down and makes things a little more difficult. But I, I, I also know from the other perspective that, you know, those of us like to put our bag on the other seat. <laughs> <laughs> hoping yeah. that hoping that nobody will, will will ask you to move it in the end. You know that yeah. you you know that you only pay for one seat and you're going to have to move it. But sometimes you want to have that little extra room, hoping that it'll be one of the last seats that someone will come and take if if needed. Yeah, yeah. I, I I did that years ago when I would when I would take the, the the bus all the time. I would I would sit on the inside and put my my bag on the outside, hoping that mm-hmm. nobody would even ask. And then I would close my eyes pretending I was sleeping. And sometimes it worked and sometimes it didn't. <laughs> but, you know, but as someone once said to me, you, you, you pay for one, one ticket, not two. And, the, and I, I wonder if someone could actually pay for two tickets and then want to take up two seats that way. I hmm. wonder if, if, if uh, you know, you can do that legally. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, if you uh, paid for the seat. I, well, you, no, you, you pay, what, are you going to pay for your bag? If you, again, <laughs> if you're on a, a bus... So you pay extra for the back. Maybe. Could be. I don't know. Yeah. But bottom line is, bottom line is, is <laughs> it, it sort of bothers Roger and Mac that, first of all, they're, they're going to have to sit in very close proximity to these two German officers. They actually have to even have a little bit of dialogue with them, which uh, I think is, is a little more of a problem. And Terrifying, I think, would be the word yes. that springs to mind. Yes. <laughs> then you get a shot of, of Roger's face, and Roger really does look terrified. You, you 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 got the word right. You know, he's looking back and forth saying to himself, All right, maybe we'll just stand. <laughs> I don't I don't really yeah. want to bother these, these these two guys. You know, they're 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 busy enough. One of them's sleeping. 
I think I'm going to let him keep keep sleeping. Yeah. At this point, Roger realizes that he doesn't really have much of a choice, and he actually clears his throat mm-hmm. in order to, instead of having to speak to them, which, which is quite clever, because, you know, if, he, he is pretending to be a, a French businessman here or whatever, but even between the French and the uh, and the Germans, you know, they, they won't necessarily, they don't speak the same language, so it might be a little more difficult to, to have a dialogue between them, but I guess you can use the universal language of phlegm in order to <laughs> yeah. mention what you want to try to, to, to do. How to say excuse me in any language. Exactly. So, <clears throat> it's a little more... Uh, it, that, that's universal. There's no question about mm. that. <laughs> the German officer who's been looking out the window actually notices, takes a look at them, thinks about it for a second, then looks at his friend, taps him on the elbow, yep. gives him a look like, all right, you better move, uh, move your feet. And he, like, he motions to him. He gives him you know, a, a head nod. And this other guy does look a little bit disappointed. Even irritated. Irritated, yes. He actually looks a little like Bill Hader, you know, from Saturday Night Live. And he he has that look to his face. I I know it's not him. (laughs) I'm I'm aware that he's he's got some secret. (laughs) Apparently, yes. He's Benjamin Button. (laughs) (laughs) But he does have a, a look of... Bill Hader. That 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 is quite interesting. Yes, he's he's very perturbed and uh, needs to, to 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 move his feet, but he doesn't really have a choice and decides to still do it. You know, he's not going to make that much of an issue here. Quite lucky because I believe one of the officers at least has the the old skull and crossbones on his cap, which is I I know you have to be a pretty uh, nasty person to. To earn that, I think it's SS insignia. So I, I think your earlier instinct to I'll walk down the train and stand somewhere would probably have been definitely my, my thought. I think they've got the skull and crossbones on their, oh, at least one of them does on their cap. I, I, don't know I, think, I think they both do. Yeah, yeah they SS, both do. maybe. They both do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, my, my, my instinct might have been, do you know, I, like you said, I'll just go and stand over there away from these two. Or, or I'll go into the next car. See if there's yeah. somewhere to sit there. Yeah. <laughs> I don't need to be here. Exactly. Not necessarily. Roger then responds and says the merci, which is actually the only spoken word in this entire minute. So, you know, we have we have an entire minute that is dialogue free besides one French word of thanks. At this point they, they, they know that, that since this uh, officer has moved his feet, they need to find a way to, to still sit there and and not look as conspicuous or nervous as possible with everything that they need to do. And they move into the in, in, onto the bench and sit down. They're rather cramped as well, aren't they? There's not a lot of space between yes. the benches. So no. it's that awful no. intensity of I'm practically nose to nose with the very people I want to avoid. There's no question about that. And uh, I, I, they added this, obviously, for, for, for tension. You know, to, to give us an, an impression that, you know, this is not an easy escape even for Roger and Mac. And they're even put in situations that are going to make them feel very uncomfortable and that they, they need to find ways to extricate themselves from it. But at the same time, they, they need to try to stay as calm and collected as possible in everything that they're doing. They do a nice job of showing, showing it that yeah. way. What I found interesting about this entire scene on the train is, did you notice that there's no music here? Yes. Yeah, I mean, we discussed earlier in this week how much music is used in this movie to enhance things and to show things. 
this is one of the, the, the this is a scene where you think they would have to have music and they no, don't. They they let us hear the sounds of you know the train on the outside and you know little murmurs of people on the inside. So I, I actually think it's quite effective yes. doing it that way. Where you've got this effective, brilliant, atmospheric score, which they can. I mean, it's also very memorable. That it, pretty much anyone it doesn't matter if you've seen that film, you you know that that whistled tune and the way they use it in different. Uh, tempos and uh, keys and what have you. I'm not a music person, but uh, to create different kind of atmosphere is very clever. And then for it to not be there, and like you say, all you get is the murmurs of a few people and that constant chugging of the train and the rocking of the carriages. It it is no, it's like you say, it is noticeable, and it does add to that tension, especially when Roger and Mac are uh, are communicating, shall we say, with. two members of the German military. Yeah, completely. And so we, we move away from that scene and we get to see an open area, the, a few bikes and a few buildings, and then we see Sedgwick show up walking along with his big <laughs> trunk, which we, we discussed <laughs> last week, of how much damage that trunk did in the original script. In, in the original script, that when, when he's going through the tunnel, that trunk actually knocks into one of the poles and causes a little bit of a cave-in that they need to deal with. And they decided to, to to cut that out, thankfully. So he walks around in this courtyard, looks around, looks at the different bikes, trying to figure out what bike is the best one for him to apparently take. Makes me wonder what, what his different criteria is, because the idea is he wants to get as far away yeah. as possible. You know, is he looking for something that, that has a sturdy enough place on the back to put his suitcase? Could that be what he's looking oh, for? Because he looks at, at, at one of the bikes and quickly turns away. Maybe it's... Maybe he didn't like you. Maybe he felt a bit more exposed with obviously looking to steal. Because there's only one there? Yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah, move over to a group of bikes and try and... Because he's trying to disguise what he's up to in that very Hollywood way of the the person. Sort of stand upright, look around everywhere like a a meerkat. And then sort of pulls out his little handy tool. Um, Yeah, maybe that was it. Maybe that was his Okay, that, that, uh, that's fair. Sounds like a good explanation. I, I like the way that, that, that he puts the, the suitcase on the back of the, the bicycle that he's going to choose, and he sort of like uh, jerks the, the suitcase slightly just to make sure that the bike rack is, uh, is sturdy enough to, to, keep, to hold his, his yeah. bag, which, uh, you know, we, we never find out what's in the <laughs> bag. We just know that it's, it's quite important for him to, to get out with it. You know, and then he, he walks over to, to the bike in order to take it out and comes to a realization that, wait a second, this, this bike is actually uh, padlocked. Mm, surprise, surprise. So at this point, he, he yeah, at this point, he, he does that Hollywood double take that you mentioned earlier, you know, looking back, looking around, no one's looking, which which I always find really funny because you, you can't see everywhere. You, there, there, there are buildings behind him. Mm-hmm. There's no one looking out the window. There's no, like, what is he looking to make sure that you know that no one is looking at him from you know where what direction is he looking because he obviously is not completely covered with everything that he's doing yeah Yeah. but i love the fact that he happens to have the wire cutters in his breast pocket yeah you know it's 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 not something that he has in his bag it's something that Mm -hmm. he is carrying with him instinctively in, in his breast pocket because he knows that he's yep. going to need wire cutters at some point, which which says a lot about the, the character of Sedley. You know, you're going to escape a prison or war camp, you're going to take a big valise with you, but you're going to keep your wire cutters <laughs> in your pocket. <laughs> exactly. 
in order to make sure that, that no matter what, you always have that. You might lose the release, but you'll still have yep. your wire cutters. And that actually ends. He, he Then he leans down to, to go break the lock. And as he's leaning down towards it, that's the way that this minute ends. So do you have anything else you want to say about this minute or about the um, movie at all? About this minute, uh, my uh, one thought, going back to um, Roger and Mac, was who would have thought one of the tensest moments in cinema history would be asking a man to move his legs. <laughs> just, That's true. It, that, exactly. By, by clearing exactly. your throat. Uh, it just, <laughs> it, like we said, it is a very tense moment, and it is something so simple as, I, uh, excuse me, would you move your legs, obviously, by clearing your throat. But And they, uh, they managed to make that so tense and so memorable. It's, it's a... It's one of those moments you do always think of when you think of the Great Escape, bar the actual escape and the preparations for the escape. It's a, a moment you think of is them on the train needing to sit down and part of you wondering why they didn't just move down the train and look in the next carriage. But right, maybe maybe they assumed that it, that the next carriage was already full. Indeed. Or or that it would or that it would draw more attention to them. Indeed. Indeed. Maybe, exactly. Maybe at that time it was more accepted. That when you're on a train, you know, wherever you get on, that's where you're going to sit down. If there is a seat, maybe it would look more conspicuous if they tried to get out. If they went to the next car, because there are seats available, maybe that's what it would come down to. You know, if there were no seats available, then maybe it would it would make more sense for them to have moved along. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> don't know. Great point to, to, to end, end the year on that. Yeah. Definitely true. One of the things that, that that I never asked you this entire week is, uh, what's your background with uh, the movie? When when do you remember first seeing it? With whom? You know, what what inspired you to want to see it? Why do you like the movie so much? If you like it at all? I, I do. Besides I, these I, five I, minutes, I know you yeah, like these five minutes. Yes, obviously. Um, I believe it was my grandfather who showed it to me originally. I believe. I, I know I saw it when I was very young. And then caught bits of it over the years because obviously it's usually on around Christmas time or what have you. And then and then thinking I saw a bit and had to make an active effort to watch it again. And so I I, I bought it and just loved it and have uh, seem to remember lo- loaning that copy to someone and having to buy it again and then realizing that in the middle of a lockdown. Uh, I couldn't figure out where my copy was, realizing it's at my my mum's house, <laughs> and then looking to buy it again and thinking, oh, it's on Netflix. Oh, <laughs> that's rather <good>. amusing. <laughs> so I've watched it again, and again, I watched it in preparation for this, and I haven't watched it in a couple of years, and it's one of those films that it doesn't matter how many times you you watch it, you still enjoy it, and and. There are moments you look forward to, but there are moments that you, you you don't necessarily forget, but you're reminded of when when they come up. Um, and it's as much as it is, it's a very there has a very somber side to it. As the author of the book that I read said, th- this is the story really belongs more to the the guys who were executed um, or murdered, I should say, because they were. Um, and despite that somberness, and they capture that, it's still got a happy, a happy element to it. It's, it's got a happy theme. It's 
it does evoke happy feelings. You do enjoy watching it and you do enjoy the characters and No. Yes. And and it's just like I said, it's one of those films that you do enjoy. Oh, there was a, a period at work where guys would put this on in the break room and you'd come in and you think you've not got anywhere near enough time to watch it and it'd just be on you literally walk in and typically you'd catch the same moment every time you walked in and you just think, Why why is that on? But you'd still stop and just didn't matter what moment was on, you still sort of just stop and watch for a minute and then suddenly think, oh yeah, I'm supposed to be working and go back to work. But it, it, it's just one of those classic films that you, you'll always enjoy and I look forward to, to sharing it with, uh, you know, future generations, etc., etc. that uh, this, this incredible movie, this incredible story. Yeah, it really is. I mean, that, that's obviously one of the main reasons why I chose this to, to, to dig into it. You know. All right, well, I've had a great week with you. I, I hope you've enjoyed yourself, Simon. I hope our, our listeners have enjoyed our conversations also. Yeah, I look forward to hearing about it. Yeah. On this note, we shall end 2021 of this uh, of this podcast, and we'll be back on Monday in uh, 2022. You want to once again tell people how they can get in touch with you, Simon? Yeah, uh, you can find me on Twitter at movie underscore mustache, and you can find my website, the movie mustache, at moviemustache.com. All right, you can contact us by uh, sending us an email thegreatminute at gmail.com our Facebook group is The Cooler our website is thegreatescapeminute.com and our Twitter account is greatescapemxm so hopefully everyone will have a nice New Year's tonight uh, try not to get too drunk but if you do get drunk <laughs> make sure make sure that on, on uh, Monday you're, you're back to continue listening to, to the show until then until next week or next year tally ho tally ho